Hello, everybody, and welcome back to part two of Pam's trip to Walt Disney World over autumn of 2019. I'm a few days late getting this out, and for that, I apologize, but thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. Uh, as you know, this was kind of a different trip for our family. It was, I believe, the longest one we've ever taken. My husband, myself, and our three youngest kids, who on the podcast we call Moana and Dash and Alice went to Walt Disney World. We had a stay of 10 nights and 11 days. Um, how crazy is that? It really was a very long trip. My husband and I had kept discussing how our trips, you know, way back in the day when our now adult children had been kids, those started off as being maybe, you know, four day trips, five day trips, and then week long trips sort of became the norm. And now we've, we've, jumped the shark and now we're doing this 10 night 11 day stay so it really did change the flow of a certain thing of certain things and I'll probably discuss that a little bit later but just to know uh, it really was a different kind of trip and also our daughter Moana who joined us is a high school senior and couldn't miss as much school as the younger kids so came to join us for part of the trip and then flew back home on her own so part two, I'm covering the second half of our trip, and I think it is right around when our daughter Moana showed up, uh, which is very fun and, you know, of course, adds a different dynamic. Before, it was just my husband, myself, and our two youngest kids, and now we have our almost adult daughter joining us as well. And so just uh, adds something different, and we had saved certain special things to do while she was with us, while, while it would be all five of us instead of just four of us. So I want to talk about a few of those. Uh, one of the big ones was the day after she arrived, we did the Happily Ever After Fireworks Dessert Party over in the Magic Kingdom. So for people not in the know, this is a dessert fireworks party. I know that, that Disney does them at Magic Kingdom and also for the Star Wars fireworks over at um, Hollywood Studios. I know they did it for Illuminations that there was a fireworks party. I'm not sure there's one now for Epcot Forever. Uh, but anyhow, we did the one at Magic Kingdom. And my husband booked this. He did it online, I believe. I think it's around $70 a person, so it is not the cheapest thing. But what you're really going for beside the food is just a premier spot from which to watch the fireworks so the way it worked out in our situation i think the time we were given i want to say was 7 30. and mind you the fireworks i believe start at 9 that evening so at 7 30 you're able to check in with your party which means you show up at the tomorrowland terrace and you check your people in and then they i was the only one checking us in at that point because my other the rest of my party was doing other stuff so i checked us in and a, a cast member took me over in the tomorrowland terrace area to a table that would seat all of us and put a reserved sort of placard down on that table and so that would be our table so we had access to it whenever we would want to come back and we knew we had a spot and would be able to sit down and enjoy things so i got there as i said first and then she also showed me the food that was out and there were there was a buffet of desserts you know a line could come on both sides was identical and then meet in the middle and the desserts were like the smaller type things so mini cheesecakes mini brownies mini um cupcakes things of that nature they also had a lady off to the side, a cast member, doing s'mores for people, sort of on a stick, which I think the idea was more that it was 
like a roasted marshmallow on a stick with some graham crackers and maybe some chocolate sauce on it. I think that was what, what was happening. And over to another side, there was a, a an area set up with these uh, plastic flutes of sparkling apple juice. So there was nothing alcoholic going on here at this one at the Magic Kingdom. And there were other beverages you could get, I think they're Odwalla lemonade that they sell sometimes, uh, as well as coffee and tea. And there was an ice cream bar uh, as long, as well as that uh, famous toffee pudding cake. I forget what they, is that what they call it? The sticky toffee cake that they have from Liberty Tree Tavern. So you could have that with a scoop of ice cream on top. So our family sort of got there late and I felt that we were, you know, the fault in this was ours. I think we, if we had shown up right when we were able to sit down, it would have been a very different experience. Um, as it was, we showed up and just felt kind of rushed with the amount of time that we had to eat. Some of the food things were starting to go away at that point. Um, I know they ran out of the sparkling apple cider, stuff like that. So we just didn't have it as complete an experience and I think we felt very rushed. And the desserts were, were nice, but they certainly weren't, you know, out of this world kind of thing. Uh, I think you could do very well finding yourself just your own snack or dessert elsewhere within the Magic Kingdom and taking it to the fireworks, which we have certainly done before. But the key component in all this is that you get a special place to watch the fireworks. So there are two locations, either there at Tomorrowland Terrace or what we picked, which was a spot out on the hub grass, uh, close to, sort of, you know, in the middle there, in the hub, close to the partner statue of Walt and Mickey. So at the time that we decided we wanted to go over uh, to the hub grass, we joined a group of other people who were going at the same time, and there was a cast member to direct us over there. And by that point, it was like 10 minutes until showtime. So say 8.50, and it was really getting pretty crowded. And so just trying to keep up with your crowd and keep a hold of this cast member who was in front of us, because we were going through crowds of just, you know, regular people who were cramming all around the castle to see the fireworks. So we got to our designated location, and there was a photographer there who would take your picture with a sign that said happily ever after fireworks or something like this and then trying to find a place to sit so we were a party of five and the people who were I mean it's grass and so there aren't designated seats or anything like that it's just people sitting on the grass and from what we saw seats were pretty much all taken up we could not find a place for all five of us to sit together. I think eventually, right before the fireworks, there's a cast member in front who asked all the people in the front area, which is not where I was, to stand up and sort of, you know, scooch forward to make room for the other people that are trying to cram in there. But it did seem like a really crowded situation for what we had. Uh, as it turned out, I got a place to sit on the, the fake grass, which was fine with um, my younger daughter and we were able to see the fireworks. It is a good view of the castle, and because the fireworks are so castle-specific with their projections and everything, it's a good place to be. Um, overall, I don't know that I'd be too excited to do this one again. I've heard better things about the one over at Hollywood Studios. Uh, this one, and a large part of the issue was just us, us getting there too late to really make a full experience of it. So feeling rushed, feeling the desserts were okay, but nothing out of this world. And then feeling like Disney really tried to cram too many people into the hub grass. And, and that just 
caused problems and made us feel like we weren't necessarily, made me at least feel like we weren't necessarily getting our money's worth. The show itself, of course, is amazing, Happily Ever After. It's a fantastic fireworks show, and to get that type of seating on your own, you'd really have to stake out a spot, you know, like an hour or two, or uh, 90 to 120 minutes ahead of time to be able to do that. But I kind of feel like we've done that before on our own, and although that was a pain uh, as well, it certainly was cheaper. So anyhow, that's kind of my take on it. I did want to talk about a few other th things uh, that made that were a little bit different from this trip. I met some characters with our daughter, and this trip was different in the fact that we didn't have a single character meal. Typically, we will have a character meal, and we'll do a number of characters. We've always had kids of ours who were younger at the point and really interested in meeting characters, and our kids now are getting a little bit older. Our youngest two are 8 and 10. My youngest daughter did want to meet some of the... Uh, princesses, and so she was able to meet all four of the ones that meet uh, there at the Magic Kingdom. I think there's uh, Elena of Avalor, who is her favorite right now, I believe. She's going as that for Halloween, as well as Tiana and Rapunzel and Cinderella. Uh, and then the one thing that we did that was kind of different is she and I went together to go meet Tinkerbell, who has her meet and greet up near the very front of the park. And we went in there, and I once we got through the line to, to wait for Tinkerbell, and we're about to be the next ones in, I noticed, oh, no, there's no photographer in here. I'm going to have to photograph this all by myself. So I thought, well, that's kind of a pain. So I'm pulling out, my, pulling out my phone, and then I realized, oh, look, over here against the wall, because cast members would point to it every so often, say, look here, they had one of those new automated photography stations set up. So I had never experienced one of those before, had heard they were coming. And now that we're back home and I've seen the photos they took, um, the photos were good. I've heard a lot of people really complaining about them, but I thought the photos they took were fine. Uh, the ones they took of my daughter plus Tinkerbell were probably comparable to ones I would have had taken by a PhotoPass photographer. And they even got a few of, I think, my daughter on her during not just, you know, when the part when the two come together and they hug and everybody says smile and cheese, but of them talking together, things like that. Uh, I think it was certainly not as personal as experience and the photographer being able to capture photos of my daughter on her own the way you would have with a live photographer, but it turned out to be a better experience than I had thought it would be. So that is my take on it. A few other uh, newish things. We had done this before, but I wanted to mention it again. Our family was staying at Animal Kingdom Lodge uh, at Jumbo House, and there used to be a child care center there called Simba's Cub House. So Disney has taken away a great deal of the child care locations, and Simba's Cub House is no longer for babysitting, but they do still have the room and the space, and Disney basically uses it as um, like a family lounge where people can come and uh, and do things. And they have cast members who are stationed there, not to babysit your kids. So it's not a kid drop-off location, but it's a family lounge where you can go in and they have different activities and arts and crafts set up that the uh, cast member will help you get set up with, with your materials, et cetera, et cetera. There are movies they play in a TV uh, there, always Disney movies, of course, the animated ones. Uh, my daughter, my uh, youngest daughter, wanted to paint a ceramic 
This time it was a ceramic dish that she did. She did a mug last year. This year she did a dish and was able to pick out like six different colors to use from their array, huge array of colors. And we did have to pay a fee for it, but it was, I think it came out to less than six bucks. And uh, after we were gone, they took the piece away and put it in their kiln to fire it. And we picked it up like two days later. So, I mean, it was a real ceramic piece and we got to take it away. And six bucks is really decent for something like that at Disney World. So if you're looking for something not in the parks, see if your resort offers something like this. Uh, I think they're called like community rooms or community clubhouses in some of the resorts. I forget the exact name. They also had um, a station outside one day where my daughter could make slime, which if you don't have, especially, you know, a young girl between, say, like first and fifth grade, you may not know what this is, but this is a big thing these days. So she was able to make slime uh, with a cast member, and that cost, I think, $4, very much worth it. They also had coloring and other crafts, and you could, some were free and some you had to pay um, a small price for, you could make mini ears and things like that. So overall, a really good choice if you're spending some time at the resort. Now, another new thing we did was the Grand Destino Tower, which is a brand new tower that they've opened up at Coronado Springs Resort. The family and I went over there one night to Toledo, which is their brand new restaurant up on the top floor, and had dinner. And it's a beautiful spot. It It's interesting. It does... <laughs> It feels, in a lot of ways, very non-Disney. It's beautiful and it's brand new, so it's got all that going for it, but there, there are not a lot of Disney touches. The, the service was good and the food was good. It's based on sort of a Spanish tapas-style menu, as well as entrees. They have tapas. We use a tapas for appetizers, and then they had entrees as well. Uh, and one of the great things about the restaurant is that it has this 15-story view looking out these big glass windows. Think, you know, California Grill looking out over, uh, in this case, all of Walt Disney World. And you can see, I think, pretty much all four theme parks and a lot of the resorts. And it's really a huge view over everything. So at night, when you have different fireworks going off, I think it would be really special to be able to see. But as my husband pointed out, still think that the view from the California Grill is better because though you can't see as much, you're seeing like key things. You're seeing the Magic Kingdom and you're able to see uh, the Polynesian, the Grand Floridian, uh, Space Mountain, the castle, the fireworks at a much closer uh, level than you are from the Grand Destino. So even though technically you can see more from the Grand Destino, we still feel the view is better from California Grill. So that night, we also had the opportunity to ride the Disney Skyliner for the first time. So that was really exciting. Uh, the Disney Skyliner had broken down and they had had, quote, that incident that prevented them from continuing on when we first arrived. But evidently, they fixed whatever it was. And one of the days we were there, they announced the Skyliner was back open. So this was very exciting. So the way you do it is you come up to the entrance, which is all outdoors, and you walk up and it's con a continual load type of mechanism. So you, the, the weight was 
virtually nothing. It's basically a walk-on. And as my husband said, he aside from park close, that's the way it would probably be. At park close, you know, everybody's trying to get onto it, so there would be a wait as you're waiting for everyone to climb aboard. But for us, coming on a non-peak time, it was just a walk-on situation where you came, there was... Um, cast member or two there guiding you for where to go and they guided us to our specific uh, skyliner the doors opened we went in uh, and it was very nice there were wooden seats uh, we there are some skyliners with characters on them and some that are just the plain color so we got to try each of those and you go back and forth between the different segments that they have um, it so that we, you could get on at Hollywood Studios, say, and go to, I want to say, Caribbean Beach. And then if you wanted to continue on to Epcot, I think you would have to get off at Caribbean Beach and get onto the another one going to Epcot, I believe. I, f I forget all the different places, but it goes between Caribbean Beach and Hollywood Studios has a spot, as well as International Gateway at Epcot. And then the fourth stop is halfway between Art of Animation and Pop Century Resorts. So it was a lot of fun. I found that if you are on the side of the bench that faces the direction where you're going forward, facing forward, as you go, you get a lot better airflow, which is a big thing for me because I don't tolerate the heat very well. But it, we did it during the day, and it was moving at a decent clip. So this was mid-October, where it's still hot in Disney, but it's not you know July or August. But so I thought the the air was fine. Um, I don't know what those poor people did who were stuck up there for three hours when it broke down because I think that would have not been great at all. Uh, you wouldn't because the the way that this device counts on cooling people down is just the airflow from these windows, these vented windows that are open on either end. But there's no air conditioning or anything like that or fan going on. Uh, overall, had a great time and wish I'd picked up, planned to pick up, but then totally forgot at the end to pick up a Christmas ornament of a Skyliner. That would have been fun. Uh, but we did not. But a lot of new things on this trip. And I just wanted to, uh, I think, end off by coming back again to Star Wars Galaxy's Edge because that was a, a new thing for us. I had an opportunity to go back with our kids. Uh, my husband Sam was not coming with us and turned out that the ride that is there the Millennium Falcon does take the DAS pass which is a service that Disney has set up for people who uh, need some extra time um, who are disabled or whatnot it's called the disability access service pass and my son Dash has it because he has severe autism so even though they're not doing a fast pass line at the Millennium Falcon yet we were able to get a return time for the DAS and then come back and basically walk through what will eventually be the fast pass line and so that made the waiting of course just zoom zoom by and you go into the ride and I've now had the opportunity to do it as both an engineer uh, as well as doing it as a pilot and the way that it's set up is the pilots of course are right there in the front and then behind them sit the the gunners I want to say is that what they're called and then behind them sit the engineers so I've done the, done it from the back row and done it from the front row and I will say doing it from the front row I started to get a little motion sick 
there at the end. Uh, and I'm not typically one who gets motion sick on star tours or anything like that. So that was something for me. I don't know that I'd want to do the pilot again. I think I would be fine doing a gunner or doing an engineer. But being the pilot in front, if that is an issue for you, is something you want to watch out for. And the ride really is a lot like a star tours combined with a Soren. Um, it is a lot of fun. I'd give it a, a solid B. It is certainly not the greatest ride in the world, but I'd give it a solid B and looking forward to whatever they put up next. And I did want to mention just again, I highlighted this before, but that land is especially beautiful at night. Everything I had seen before going on our trip from both Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at Disneyland and Disney World just sort of made it look like it was various shades of beige. Uh, I wish they'd picked a more you know, colorful planet to put there for Gal Galaxy's Edge, but they picked that one that was sort of desert-based and very beige-looking. So uh, when you get there, though, I feel that it does, the photographs aren't really doing it justice, and it does look a lot better you know, for yourself both during the day and then especially at night because at night the colors pop, they turn these special lights on and the mountains in the background instead of being these beige and orange colors are blue and purple and it really is just beautiful. And it's fun to see the stormtroopers walking around and interacting with people. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and lo and behold, we managed to come home without a lightsaber or a droid, which is pretty amazing. So that kind of wraps it up for this trip. Oh, I did want to say too, we went to the cantina again for a second time. So first time was just with my husband. This time I did it with the kids. And uh, because I was with the kids, they did give us, which is my thought. I thought that if I went with kids, they would give us an actual booth with, with real seating instead of just a place at the bar the way they did the first time. And they did. They gave us a booth. And we actually ended up having to share the booth with another family. So sort of keep that in mind. Unless I was a party of four, myself and my three kids, and they gave us half a booth to share with a different family who was on the other side. So keep in mind, there might be some sharing going on if you are not a really large crowd on your own. And this time I ordered, I forget, it's a blue milk and it comes with this cookie on top. And I got to say, I'd be happy not to have the blue milk ever again. It, I, it was not my thing. Uh, if you like it, that's fabulous for you, but I am fine not having it again. I thought it was kind of weird and I, I just did not care for it. Also didn't care for the cookie. It was really hard to, to chew through. Um, not my favorite thing, but I've seen other people with fabulous looking drinks. So I think I just need to keep hunting and searching around and trying to find something there, which I will plan to do in my next trip. Speaking of which, it is going to be a while before we get back. Our family is not planning another trip to Walt Disney World for over a year. Those are the plans, at least. We'll see what happens in reality. So it was sort of a bittersweet goodbye to one of my favorite places in the world. But just wanted to wrap up uh, this trip report. Thank you for hanging out with me and be listening back next week for both Amy and myself. Thank you for listening to A Spoonful of Sugar podcast. See you next time. <laughs>